You are now listening to Completely Creative with Daniel Reese, a podcast for analyzing, building, and arguing for all things creative. Lend me your ears while I dissect creativity in all its forms in an effort to inspire you to find a new creative edge in some area of your life. Let's go! What's up, guys? Dana Reese here. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Pedro Gesh, representing the Frog Scooter brand. To quote from their website, as climate change, rapid urbanization, and population growth continue to challenge our world's cities, Frog is on a mission to encourage and equip cities to leap forward towards a sustainable future. Now, they do this by having a fleet of scooters widely available to commute, run errands, or explore the city. They've got footprints in Chile, Argentina, Mexico, Portugal, and so on. Scooters in the micromobility industry are growing like crazy right now. Now, the scooter has been around for decades while undergoing major upgrades since the inception of scooters in 1817 in Germany. Now, as time passed, they became trendy on and off while being challenged by skateboards, roller skates, and other inexpensive options for transportation. I, like many of you, had a scooter as a kid, and it's interesting to see how far they've gone in terms of their reliability. They're not just used for having fun anymore. They have practical use now. And that's when you fast forward to today, and these e-scooters have continued to evolve and adapt in ways that have inched them back towards a growing table of viable commute options. For starters, they're small enough to take to many areas, they're relatively inexpensive, and they're significantly easier to learn than, say, a skateboard or roller skates. For these reasons alone, it's pretty easy to see why a portion of city residents have adapted the scooter-commuter method from time to time. As a company, Frog has a carbon-neutral supply chain and gives back 1% to sustainable nonprofits because they believe in their mission and moving towards a sustainable way of living. Going green and leaping forward to a more sustainable future suddenly makes it clear where they got their name from. Listen along as we discuss a great case study around scooter usage, growth, and sustainability. Major, how's it going, my friend? All good, all good. Good to hear. I'm excited to have you on here with me. For anyone who listened to the previous episode with Ansgar and Movatic, this is a really great extension of that. Really just deep diving into micromobility in general and kind of just the culture behind individual systems because one interesting thing with Pedro's system is he is in a whole separate country than something like Ansgar and Movatic. And so while there are a lot of similarities, there might be some slight differences that I think may be worth kind of discussing here. So I think we can kick this off by really going over the company. So Pedro, you have a company for scooters and the company is called Frog. I'm curious how Frog got started and just a little bit of background on the operations. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, the genesis of Frog was basically, you know, it started with this, um, the growth of the, the shared model scooter rental business. 
And Frog had uh, a very clear path in terms of distinguishing itself from the current or the recent competitors that were entering market. So Frog, uh, from the get-go, had a, a vertical integration, which, which essentially means they produce their own scooter model, so a, a very robust model in terms of, you know, adaptable for the the shared scooter system because you know it's it's very heavy it's very secure it's mm -hmm. not that kind of scooter that you fold up and take home right. so uh, i mean so it was essential that the form factor was uh, was you know a competitive edge so that's that's the basic of uh, frog's genesis and uh, i mean frog comes from a background uh, i mean the founding company behind frog of uh, electric vehicle solutions. So it made all sense to enter this market. And, um, you know, when the opportunity came about, I, I was actually contacted to be a country manager for Portugal and for a territory manager for the European Union. And um, I mean, micromobility has been in the DNA of a lot of European countries for some time. I mean, you go to Amsterdam and you see bicycles everywhere. You you go to Germany, France, Paris is a great example of how micromobility has evolved. Definitely. And so basically, you know, I, I I was offered this opportunity and I, you know, it was, I couldn't say no. It, it was just, it made all the sense in the world. Awesome. And, you know, one thing about Portugal, I've never been out there, but for a place like the U.S., a lot of the U.S. streets are built around cars and stuff. So when you leave the country where places are more prevalent for scooter shares and bike shares, you can tell that it's a lot more integrated for walking within your community and seeing people at a closer proximity or just being able to bike or scooter there. Is that kind of how the Portugal cities are set up? Yeah, well, Portugal um, Portugal is a specific example. I mean, you can't like you can't generalize the whole U.S. You can't generalize right. here in Europe. But uh, I mean, for example, we started off the operations here in Portugal in Lisbon. Lisbon has a very you know uh, old old part of the city, which is hard to get around. Even uh, you know we use the traditional cobblestone. The the streets are very narrow, which. For for a certain aspect, it plays again, uh, in favor of the micro mobility solutions because, you know, you, at some stage you have to limit the amount of cars that go into the old city center. Definitely, uh, the Lisbon City Council has been a great uh, example of how they have, they've adapted. I mean, the the growth and the expansion of uh, bike paths uh, for both, you know, for for micro mobility solutions has been great. They were always very open when I approached them to to start the operation here. We had other competitors, other scooter companies, and you know, it was all very new. So they were were very open to, you know, we had weekly and monthly meetings with different city council representatives to understand how we could evolve together and create this ecosystem to to make the city more sustainable so i mean i guess it's it's a similar problem worldwide is it's right. you know the amount of cars that go into cities the amount of parking spots you need to accommodate all these cars traffic so you know it was pretty easy in terms of we got the solution let's work together and implement it but uh, like you say, it's it's uh, Europe has has had a lot of experience with with micro mobility for many years since the genesis of the bicycle. 
but um, it depends. I mean, North Europe, Central Europe is much more used to, you know, you have a lot of cities that were planned correctly from the beginning, so they, yep. they have a lot of flats. <laughs> a lot of flat terrain and you know uh which is also something that i mean scooters helped here in lisbon because you know it's hard to go to work every day go uphill go you know on a bicycle you you might get sweaty to go to work etc so it's very challenging so you know suddenly it, it it grew very fast because from one day to the next you had you know uh, a lot of hot spots, w w which was what the Lisbon City Council called it, which was basically parking areas for scooters next to uh, big traffic and um, bus stations, uh, train stations. And so, you know, people started using it on a daily basis. Makes a lot of sense. I think the obvious advantage with scooters will be the sizing when you compare that to something like a car, or even a bicycle, just depending on the certain areas and it's really interesting to see a lot of cities, especially where I live, just streets and things that are starting to adapt and build around these ideas uh, where you have lanes for bikes and lanes for scooters and parking for these things. And in the future, I mean, this technology is constantly evolving and changing. So I'm definitely curious to see how scooter models themselves will evolve, just sort of like how the bikes have delved into e-bikes and other things just what type of forms they will take and what specific niches they'll fall into for the people that may be going uphill or may be on a rougher terrain. I think the possibilities are endless. One thing I was actually curious about too, going back to kind of your company specifically, what was the inspiration behind the company name in the logo? Well, uh, I actually don't know the, the specifics, you know, I was, I wasn't involved in the genesis of the company. I see. Uh, I, I, I did, you know, we had some discussions about, you know, how, how it was, um, how to come up with a great name and a catchy name. And I mean, we always thought uh, this as a solution in terms of we're going to, you know, fast forward the, this very necessary solution into the future. So it came about frog and leap forward, which is our catchphrase. So, you know, Makes sense. It's, it, 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 it really made sense. And it's, it's easy to pronounce. It's easy. It's very international. So... It worked well. Yeah, I think that's that simple explanation kind of tells it for me. One thing I like about the frog name that kind of resonates with me a little bit, a uh, frog was one of my first favorite animals growing up. So when I was a child, used to always go on a lot of nature hikes and nature trails, and there would be tons of frogs everywhere. And I would always kind of go out of my way to catch frogs and just kind of learn what, what they were like, catch toads, sometimes take them home and put them in a little cage for a few days and feed them and then put them back out into the wild. So I ended up learning a lot more about frogs than probably the average person, just because it was one of the more accessible animals to me as a child. <laughs> no, I also collected some tadpoles when I was a kid and watched them grow. So I have a little bit of that experience. <laughs> yeah, they take on so many forms. I mean, where I live, you don't have all these really cool colors and forms that you might see at like a, a rainforest or something. But I used to catch these frogs, they were, they had the sticky palms and then when they, they would land on something, they would actually change colors. And I knew, like I had no idea that that was a thing. So each day I would check on it in the crate, it would be a different color based on what it, like whatever leaf or whatever rock it was on, which I just thought was so kind of fascinating. Really? They're very unique to that frog. But I guess speaking of uniqueness, what can you speak to the frog company that gives it kind of the uniqueness? 
Well, um, like I said, I mean, the, the launching of Frog was, first of all, this is an industry that's been moving really fast. You know, Definitely. the first companies started out in Santa Monica, and then suddenly they were spreading and new companies were coming around all over the world. So, I mean, Frog was really, um, really thought since the beginning. It's not just a mobility solution because there's the need for that for sure. But in terms of competitiveness, and we've we've received great feedback, I mean, since the beginning, you know, when, when we launched here in Lisbon, we launched at the same time, same day in Chile, uh, South America. So, I mean, the feedback was amazing. It was clear that, that our model was the most secure model out there. And this gave confidence to people because I mean, I was used to when I was a kid, I had a kick scooter and yep. uh, some, people, some people had, you know, played around with kick scooters, but a lot of people were like, what's this new uh, mode of transportation we have here? And, you know, it's very important for, for people to be safe. And this, this is not just in terms of, I mean, w there was a lot of work put into building this, the initial prototype, making sure everything was, was correctly engineered and built. But then it's also how you maintain and how you will operate and how you, how you, how you clean up the city. Let's say how you park all the scooters, how you leave them accessible, because it's easily you you can easily create chaos in in the city if you don't look after the scooters because you know scooters can be left everywhere. It's the free floating model. So we also had since the beginning a big uh, concern and we we had a strong push in terms of organizing our operations so that you know our scooter would fit into the city and be part of the city and not just something that would suddenly impact the quote-unquote harmony, that, if you will, for a city. So, I mean, form factor um, was was definitely, I mean, it was all the, built around uh, offering the best service possible to the user. So, I mean, in the beginning, you had a lot of scooter companies that used even used uh, consumer-facing scooters that they yep. applied uh, you know, IOTs so they could uh, use the shared model, but, you know, they were easily broken. They were, um, there was a big issue in terms of vandalism because they were easily broke and it was a new, it was a new concept. I mean, now it's gone a lot. Uh, people are getting used to having scooters around the city. So uh, thankfully here in Europe, things have, have calmed down in that aspect. But uh, yeah, we didn't want to rush too much, you know, just install a micromobility solution, we wanted to do it right. So we really pushed for um, uh, a good a good and robust vehicle and safe safety above all. Awesome. I'm glad that you kind of distinguished the difference between like a consumer scooter versus a fleet scooter. Big differences there for anyone who may not be aware is uh, the fleet scooters are designed to take way more of a beating just because of the amount of people that are using them versus the the consumer, it's typically going to be one or two people before it reaches the end of its life. So with that in mind, you know, I know you mentioned moving very quickly, which I've noticed a lot of explosive growth, which is awesome to see on the frog side. Moving fast requires good software to accommodate it, which I guess that's where Movatic would come in. So are there any particular features or advantages that you've seen being on the Movatic platform? Well, definitely. I mean, this goes back to what I was saying in terms of uh, running efficient operations. I mean, you're creating a relationship with a city. Um, so, you know, we, we've signed, we, here in Portugal, we're in five different cities. And, um, you know, we, we had to sign uh, 
MOUs to, to make sure everything went well. And, you know, it's key to know where all your fleet, where your scooters are. If there's any problem, if there's anything, you know, we can easily contact our operations team to pick up a damaged scooter, a scooter that's not working correctly, that's low on battery. And I mean, Movatic offers all, all those all that information, you know, from the dashboards, you're just logging in. And then if you dive deeper, you, you can you get a lot of information in terms of rentals. You can understand which locations can generate more sales, which is very important. I mean, at the end of the day, this is this is a business. And um, also Movatic had, you know, quote unquote, out of the box, the the possibility to integrate, you know, via API with with the cities because we 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 did. We have a lot of cities here in Portugal that that are already, you know, prepared technologically to feed direct information from the fleet. You know, uh, usage, uh, mileage, how many, how much they travel. Because one of the interesting aspects of of the scooter shared model is that suddenly cities get access to information in terms of fluxes of people. Where do yep. people pick up the most? Where do they go? You know, what's where? Where should we build bike paths so we can accommodate the needs of people? So Movatic had the, the uh, no, I'm missing the term, but you know, it, it was developed by the Los Angeles Department of Transportation. Oh yeah, I got you. Yes, MDS specification. Sorry. So and uh, specifically the the GPFS, which is an aspect that's mostly used inside the MDS uh, yep. technology wise. So I mean, we, we could offer that from the get go. It was one of the key key aspects in terms of signing a contract with the city was that they had access to data, and thankfully, you know, Mofatic had that, and we could offer that to cities also. So I wanted to create this aside here and clarify what Pedro is talking about when he's speaking of. MDS data or GBFS data. In layman's terms, MDS data, it's uh, an API that's focused on helping cities interact with companies who operate these micromobility systems. And the purpose of it is to provide a standardized way for these municipalities to observe and compare data from these mobility service providers so they can express regulations in a machine-readable format. And then GBSF is just an open data standard for these micromobility systems, making real-time data feeds in a uniform format that's publicly available online so that map and transportation-based apps can easily incorporate the data into their platforms. Hopefully that makes more sense. Yeah, and especially with the size of fleet that you have now, there seems to be this, this ripple effect that happens when you have micromobility in a certain area because when people are on scooters versus a car, they're moving at a slower pace. So they're noticing things in their city and their surroundings that they might not notice in a vehicle because they have time to slow down and actually view their surroundings. They're being outdoors. And so there's this ripple effect, like I said, about a lot of the things in the area. People might stop by local businesses that they wouldn't have stopped by otherwise. And it has this self-serving ecosystem that I think goes beyond what most people kind of think when they think about a micromobility system, which is yeah. great. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, since you've been operating with Frog, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment professionally right now, if you had to kind of think back to something that you're proud of since you started? 
Well, that's a tough question. I mean, there, there are a lot of different, I mean, uh, it's been a, an uphill battle. I mean, it, it's it's like I said, it wasn't here specifically in Portugal. The, the micromobility DNA or mentality was not that well. Uh, I mean, a lot of people like in the US, I can imagine, uh, you know, take their cars to work. It's, it's, it's more comfortable. They, right. you know, but it, it's not sustainable. So, I mean, a lot of our effort was going into, uh, uh, showing people that this solution works, uh, you know, we 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 also had the opportunity, and you mentioned very correctly. I mean, to boost um, local local businesses. I mean, we did partnerships with co-working spaces. We gave uh, you know we gave special prices to people that would shop locally because they were moving around locally in our scooters. So in terms of you know partnerships to add value to this mode of transportation, but also to promote. You know, it, this is about going from point A to point B, and if you can get a reward getting to point B, that's even better. So definitely, you know, uh, being part of the community. I mean, we were, we were, surprisingly, you know, we were uh, people uh, received us with open arms and like, oh, okay, this is not that bad because the initial stigma was, oh, oh my God, there are scooters all over the city and it's all yeah. over the place. But uh, I mean. It, it, the local businesses uh, suddenly started seeing because a lot, a lot here, like I said, a lot of streets here were close to traffic because of, you know, just it's it's not sustainable to have so many cars, and so there's a lot of pedestrian city center in a lot of cities around Europe, and suddenly you know you have easy access to a scooter and to the local business. So I mean, the community aspect of it, which was surprising, was not something I thought about since the beginning. But it was something we had to accommodate and think about new ways to generate business because it would it would benefit both parties. Absolutely. You know, I personally think that the community aspect is one of the most rewarding parts of it, just being able to almost unintentionally impact the city in, in ways that they can't imagine, just for the better. I mean, when you make your city better, you make other people better, it's it's obviously a, a great feeling to give back in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of rewinding a bit, as somebody maybe who is brand new to the entire micromobility industry or the scooter share industry, what initial advice would you give somebody who's just brand new to this world? Well, that's uh, that that's a tough one. I mean, I'm I'm a great example. I'll 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 talk about my personal example. I mean, scooters were very recent here. They they started two months before Frog launched its its micromobility service here in Portugal. So, you know, tasked as country manager, I think, you know, it's part of you you have to understand your business when you're 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 working in it. So, you know, I made sure I didn't take my car. I mean, I live 20 miles from the center of of, of uh, Lisbon. So I made sure, you know, let me see what my customers or my potential customers or, you know, just people what they'll encounter so yes i took the train every morning and i got to the central station and i had you know 10 frog scooters parked in the in the in the entrance of the of the train station and i would go to work to the office riding my scooter and you know it's a lot of people there's a there's a big there's a a, a step that people need to, to feel comfortable with because suddenly you're you're riding in streets with with cars and you know some some drivers aren't that respectable about bicycles and scooters so there's that step that you have to you know you have to be very conscious when you drive around right. in a scooter you even mentioned i mean the speeds are completely different 
from the car, you know, uh, and the scooter. But uh, I mean, suddenly, you know, I was going to meetings and I was just leaving the office to go to meetings with like five or 10 minutes beforehand because I knew I would get there fast, not because I was speeding, but because I wasn't stopping in, you know, in, in traffic and yep. you know, parking spots. So, I mean, there's this, this, this step that you need to do in terms of confidence if you're not used to driving around like a bicycle in the city. Uh, we did a lot of campaigns in terms of... Uh, teaching people the basic traffic rules of how to do it and, you know, get, let them try it. You know, we always pushed very strongly to wear a helmet, even though here it's not mandatory, but, you know, safety first, you never know what can happen. So, I mean, it's just, I guess it's to try because other than, you know, very efficient and very handy to have a scooter around, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to drive around. So definitely, you know, if, if a person is, is kind of afraid, let's say, to try it. Just give it a small try, and they'll, they'll easily. It's 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 got a very steep learning curve, and you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love I love that answer because, from the general standpoint, you're walking in your customer's shoes. But I actually had a very similar experience where I was mostly focused on the bike shares, and honestly, didn't realize how fun scooters were until I finally rode one. And then it all kind of made sense why the popularity was so big, especially in my area. So I actually live near the biggest park in the country. So there are tons of scooters in my area. Uh, Overlooked them for a little while and then hopped on one and just thought, what took me so long to do this? I'm passing these things every day. So I like the idea of, of selling the idea and being in the driver's seat to get a better understanding of it. And it makes me think sort of of, really selling something in general. You know, if you're selling a shovel, you're selling the the garden and the results of what the shovel can get you, not so much the shovel itself, because people don't care about the type of steel or the type of wood or, or features of a shovel. They care about the end result. And so I think for scooters, based on your particular market, the end result is either convenience uh, or even just fun. And especially during a year where a lot of lockdowns happen with COVID and the pandemic. Scooters are still a very safe activity to be social distance and get out the house and, and continue to have fun. So it's a therapeutic in some degree, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I agree, definitely. Now, for you guys, uh, now that we're in the new year, are there any specific focuses that you guys have for the year? Uh, no, well, we're, we're keeping the um, working on, you know, accommodating the shared scooter. I mean, obviously, this year has been atypical, um, you know, for obviously for negative reasons, but right. some positive reasons came out of there. I mean, during we um, here in Portugal, for example, we had a strong lockdown during March and April, which the, a lot of cities use this opportunity, you know, the lack of traffic to build more bike paths and build more infrastructure for these solutions so that that worked um, in in our favor and also you know frog has also understood that there's there's a lot of interest in the micro mobility market but there's also uh, people who want to have their own vehicles so frog is working on a direct-to-consumer aspect of the business with e-bikes and normal commercial uh, foldable scooters so people can also you know they don't need 
they don't need to be so heavy. They don't need to be so robust. They fold so you can just, you know, you, you get home, you you fold it and you walk up the stairs and you just put it in uh, wherever in, in the cupboard. So, I mean, Frog is, is looking at different markets because of this. You know, the, the mentality is changing and the need to substitute the car is big. So, you know, there's also an opportunity there. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And I think it'll be exciting as the year goes on to see what forms are taken on and and how people respond to that stuff. But you know, that's actually all the questions that I had for you on the call. So I will say, is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I mean, it was a great conversation and uh, thanks a lot. I mean, very relevant questions and I'm happy to share, you know, the experience, you know, we, we can, it, it moves really fast. I mean, in, in two years time, this, this industry just emerged and bloomed and, I mean, it's it's very challenging, obviously, because you're you're disrupting, and it's never easy to disrupt. But no, it was a great conversation, and thanks a lot, and congratulations on this this podcast. <laughs> Pedro, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for hopping on and chatting. Uh, okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Pedro, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, that wraps up my discussion with Pedro Gedge representing Frog. Hopefully you were able to take away a nugget or two of value from this episode. According to PS Market Research, the global scooter sharing market is expected to reach 553 million by 2025, which is up from 99.8 million in 2018 for reference. The increased road congestion in urban areas is one of the major drivers for such rapid growth in this market and the rising population in these major cities across the world has led to an increased number of these daily commuters who travel these shorter distances. And that's what creates this significant road blockage, especially during business hours. And to minimize this problem, countries everywhere are looking for new alternatives and creative solutions. And this scenario alone acts as a pretty motivating driver forward for this industry around the world. It's time to embrace the scooter commuter alternative because it's not going anywhere anytime soon. 